Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you a series of spiritual tools to enable everyday Christian living in the parish of Yate. So in this episode, we ask, what's the story of the Bible? We look at Bible stories and how all they link together. And we ask how the Christmas story is linked to Hannah. And how we are part of the story today. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about uh, the story of the Bible. Yeah, that's right, because we're going to look at what the overall story is of the Bible. So I know we talked about it being different books, like a library. Yeah. But there is a story that runs all the way through, like a kind of grand narrative, a grand story that runs all the way through the Bible. So let's recap. So we've we've talked about the Old Testament and, and what that means and where that's come from and, and, and the, the, the symbolism and the text that's come from it. And then we've then talked about the second part of the Bible, which of course is the New Testament, which is our second episode in this line. So what what brings them together? What is this story? The story that brings them together is the same one that runs all the way through the Bible. And to, to get our head around it, what we're going to do is look at some Bible stories and see uh, what similarities there are and what, what, what differences there are. So uh, what's the story of Elizabeth? Remember that from the New Testament. Yeah, so from the New Testament. So from what I can remember with my study, <clears throat> Elizabeth is a is a is a barren woman, uh, a, a wife of Zachariah, um, and you know clearly of of a mature age. Yeah, um, and was never going to have children. That was her vision. She accepted that. Um, however, clearly, there is a moment within the Bible where she was going to have a baby. Yeah. That's right. So, basically, uh, Elizabeth is old and she's barren, which means she can't have children, which means she's at the bottom of society. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, there's no old age pensions. So, who's going to look after Zachariah and Elizabeth when they're old? Yeah. Well, nobody. I mean, there was nobody there, isn't it? They didn't have children of their own. They were, you know, spending any savings or, or at least benefiting from whatever trade they were in at the time. Uh, and, of course, you're right, you know, they were the bottom of society. They uh, didn't have a penny to rub together. They were people who were shamed, that's the thing. Wow. So, basically, the, uh, the story is Elizabeth has a baby who then becomes with then John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is quite central to the New Testament. I mean, he paves the way of Jesus' path. He is the kind of messenger and has quite an important process during Jesus's life. So yeah. a barren bottom of society woman and a partnership with, 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 with husband and wife actually produces a monumental character. That's it. Yeah, precisely. So then we have uh, the other story, which isn't quite as well known, is uh, the story of Hannah. Right. I don't know Hannah too well. Tell us about Hannah's right. story. Hannah is um, from the Old Testament, from the first book of Samuel. Okay. Right? And, and Hannah is really upset because she can't have children. Okay, okay, so similarities there. Right. And basically she goes to the temple and she prays that uh, she will be able to have a child. Right? Okay. Okay. And what happens is uh, she has a child who is then, uh, she calls Samuel, which means 
God's gift. Okay. And right. quite probably, that's the right name, I think, isn't it? You, you pray and you receive, and that's fantastic. That's it. So, and Hannah sings a song uh, when she uh, becomes pregnant in celebration of it. Okay. And Hannah's song is, My heart rejoices in the Lord, in the Lord my horn is lifted high, my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I have delighted in my deliverance. But Elizabeth, or Mary's song, okay. she, Mary goes to visit uh, Elizabeth. So yeah, and so, so Mary and Elizabeth are related, aren't they? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, cousins, and and yeah. of course, you know, this is where Elizabeth feeds into the Christmas story. That's it, yeah. So Mary, when she receives the uh, vision from the angel Gabriel, she's told by the angel Gabriel that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. Okay. So she goes to see Elizabeth. And there's a great bit in the Bible, isn't there, that where, you know, there was this whole idea that they were going to tell each other that they were expecting a baby, but they both they both knew. That's right. That's exactly it. So when they both know they're expecting babies, uh, they sing a song. Okay. And I always like to think it's called Mary's song, but I like to think of them singing it together. Okay. So remember, Hannah's song is My Heart Rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. And Mary's song is, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. For he has been mindful of his humble servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Wow. So the weird thing is that both songs say exactly the same thing in different ways. And chronologically... It was hundreds of years yeah, between them. Exactly. Uh, that's right. And because actually Hannah's story, Elizabeth's story, Mary's story, yep. and even as well, what's the story of Sarah? Abraham's missus. Okay, yeah. So Sarah and Abraham, of course, very similar story. Yeah. Because Sarah is, is barren, she can't have children. Yes. And God promises Abraham to... Uh, make him the father of many nations yep. and Sarah laughs and then she has to call her son Isaac yeah, which means uh, to, to laugh, laugh. That's, that's right, right. Yeah. to laugh yeah. so yes so what we see in in the, the story of the bible yep. all three of those characters and many 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 more yep. are people who are at the bottom of the of society who god takes the initiative to yeah. God goes to visit, right? Yeah. Or God goes to interact with, and they are brought up out of the bottom. Yeah. Uh, and redeemed. So it's another countless argument and an example of where people do feel that God will only touch the rich people. And in fact, around that time, people would feel that if they were worthy of money and property, that God would, would touch them. But actually, countless arguments, countless examples of where actually, as a Christian, our focus should be more, quite rightly, on not those people, on the people that do struggle in life, because they're the ones that benefit the most. Yeah, and, and God always comes to... My joke is God always uh, goes to the wrong sort of people okay. because the people who we we are so, we think he would go and interact with, yeah, he, he he doesn't. He always goes to like the Hannahs or the Elizabeths or the Sarahs, and he always makes these promises which are way over the top. Like to Abraham and Sarah, yeah. he says, you know, I'll make you a father of many nations, and he's yeah. like, well, my wife can't have kids. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's those guys. 
So there's a story there. There's a story that's flowing through that. It isn't just about God going around making barren women have children, but it's about touching the people who you would not normally look at or perceive to be worthy, to be touched by our God, to show them that actually they are worthy. They have a place in society, no matter where you come from, no matter what background. Exactly. It's all to do with making the point that God is for everybody. Okay. That's the, that's, that's so, just, did, so did the story touch any men within the story? Is there anybody that, that, that are the blokes within the story? <laughs> well, I'm PC, you see, so I'm starting oh, yeah, with those guys. Oh, yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah right. there's a lot of women in the Bible, a lot of women in yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll think of some blokes. So okay. King David. Okay. Right, big, King David. Big, big, big character. Yeah, King David is, is more written about King David in the Bible than anybody else. Yeah. Right? He's one of the central figures in the Bible. Now, his call is that he's the son of a bloke called Jesse and uh, Samuel. You remember him? Yeah. Right? He goes down, Samuel, Hannah's son, Samuel, yeah. goes down to uh, Bethlehem and goes to see uh, Jesse and says, one of your sons I will anoint as king. Right? Right, okay. So Jesse gets his sons out. He yep. starts with the eldest, yeah, who is so, seen as the most important. Yeah, the rightful heir to the throne of the family. That's right. Yeah. And he, he pass and and Samuel says, It's not him. So he brings out all his other sons okay. and he goes, Not him, not him, not him, not him. Huh. And then Samuel says to Jesse, Well, do you have any other sons? Because I know I have to make one of your sons king. And Jesse says, well, I do have one other son, but he's like the little one. He's mm, the youngest. Okay. He's out in the fields looking after the sheep. The worker. The, the, work, the yeah, guy who's the, at the, the bottom. The, the, the little the little scrope of the family. That's it, the runt yeah, of the litter. The runt of the litter out on the farm. Of course, I, I guess it wasn't brought to the, the group of brothers because they thought he wasn't worthy. That's right. It wasn't even worth bringing him in from no. looking after the sheep. He's just a farmer. It he wouldn't just... definitely wouldn't be him because he's he's the shepherd guy, right? So d- definitely not him. Have him out there, and then he is anointed as the king, and then he goes and kills Goliath and all the other things that David does, good and bad. Uh, but he then is brought up as the king. So rather than the king being the most powerful, yeah, the most worthy, the strongest physically strongest person yep he is the weakest person and the person at the bottom of society wow now so, I so the story continues the story continues so if we think about david there yeah that should remind us a little bit about jesus yes where jesus is the guy at the bottom of society. Well, yeah. I mean, he was born as a refugee. He spent two years on the run. Yeah. I mean, he had the most wanted poters against him. You know, to be honest, he went into hiding. I mean, he must have lived such a difficult first two years in life. And we know the terrible twos are bad enough. But (laughs) Jesus, as a two-year-old, as a refugee, must have been difficult for Mary and Joseph. But in society, he would have just been seen as, again... The lowest of the low. Yeah, someone at the bottom. Yeah, and in his in his in his death as well, uh, he is the weakest guy. He's not the guy who is the strongest with the army who's going to bash people. Yeah. He's in our weakness is our strength. So that's David, <clears throat> and then we have other blokes from the uh, for the Bible. Moses, uh, Moses goes out and he sees a burning bush, and God speaks to him in the bush and says. Uh, Go now and set 
my people free. So Moses is the guy who leads the Israelite people out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. Okay, because times were difficult then, weren't they? You know, they, oh, life yeah. was really hard, and and this Moses character was kind of come along, and quite rightly so, to bring out the goodness in people and to take them away from that very dark place. Exactly, but Moses had a stutter. Right. Oh, so okay. he, he doesn't have a stutter in the Ten Commandments film with Charles Charles Nest. Okay, he did have a stutter, right? And the Ten Commandments don't feature any stutters. <clears> no, no. no. So he... uh, my joke is in in heaven, there's a big queue of people waiting to find Moses, you know. But and it's Charles Nest and saying, "No, it's not me. That's Moses over there," you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's got a stutter. Okay. So he says to God, "I can't go to uh, release the people of Israel because I've got a stutter. Yeah. Nobody will listen to me. Yeah. I'm not going." There was no disability legislation back then. You know, <clears throat> no, if you had right. something wrong with you, there was something wrong with you. And that was it. Like, yeah, you know. that was it. Your cards were marked. So even though Moses was brought up as a prince, he had become the bottom of society in the sense of he had this, he had this stutter. He yeah. couldn't do it, yeah. right? Yeah. But also as well, Moses says, no, I ain't going to go. And has to be persuaded by God to go. Okay. And it's the same because he doesn't... Risky business, isn't it? Because there are stories in the Bible where people have either laughed or questioned that the, the god and have not ended up particularly well for a period of time in fact you know there is a character that lost his voice for a period of time yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, so, yeah. so Zachariah followed the the silence period for a while but <laughs> so Moses needed to be actively persuaded by god to feel that he could deliver this word that's right see Zachariah said no as well yeah so uh, <laughs> so Isaiah is the other one uh, he had a vision and said go and speak to my people and he said I can't speak to you to your people god because I'm not worthy. Okay. And God said, I'm, I will redeem you. And then he, he in the vision, he puts a, a red hot coal on his mouth to show that, that he has taken away all his, uh, all his sin and all his badness and he can be the prophet. Okay. So then he says yes. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah, uh, God calls Jeremiah and he says to him, go and be my prophet to the people of Israel. And Jeremiah says, no, I'm too young and I'm too thick and I can't go. Don't ask me to do that. I can't do it because I'm too young. It's, it's just a prime example, isn't there, of society suppressing the lowest of the low. You know, they will, they will never feel that they could, no matter how qualified or underqualified they are, they never felt that they could, they could break that mould. But That's here, right. here was a vision, here was the word of God telling them, that you can. And I will I will be with you. Yeah. But because they're frightened, because it's all too much, they say no. And finally, in this just series of examples, we have uh, St. Peter. Is He's called by Jesus on his boat. Right? Okay, yeah. And uh, Jesus asks him to throw down the nets on one side, and Peter goes, oh, I've been out all night, and I haven't caught any fish, mate. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and Peter then, was an experienced fisherman. You know, he had a he had a, he, well, he had a little franchise. He had a business going on, didn't he? He, he did. had people to work yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah. And, and, you know. So he was just like, who's this bloke telling me to do that? So yeah. he does it anyway, and yeah. he catches so many fish. And then when he sees the miracle, he says to Jesus, go away from me, for I am a sinful man. So in other words, mm. don't ask me to follow you, because yeah. I'm not good enough. Yeah, okay. So we see there, that's not lots of different stories. That's actually one story, which is very similar to the Sarah Hannah Elizabeth story, which is about God coming, seeking people out and rescuing them. Yeah. 
in because who they are, not even in spite of, because who they are. Yeah. And the people's response is to say, whoa, I'm not good enough. Yeah. But then changing their mind. So, in a way, that speaks of the very original story in the Bible, the first one of Adam and Eve, where they reject God because we have free will. Yeah. And they choose to live against what, what he's called them to be, right? But yeah. God doesn't leave them expelled. As God doesn't leave us expelled. He then calls us back. So even though we go away, yeah, just yeah. like I mean, Adam and Eve. Well, they were banished from <clears throat> from quite literally Eden. I mean, they had everything, didn't they? They, they? You know, the first man and woman on earth, they were given such responsibility. Weren't mm. they? they were given not just the garden, but the creatures. They, they were commanded to, 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 to look after them. Mm. Uh, and they had everything that God felt that they needed. But of course... There was a point, there was a moment where temptation, the whispers, the the snake at the serpent that said that they could have more. Yeah, it's to do with this this idea that, uh, did, did God really say that? Mm. I always remember that bit. Yeah. Did he really say that? Yeah. Now, if you do eat the fruit, then you can be like God, because yeah. then you'll know good and evil. Yeah. Now, we'll maybe do a proper episode on that whole story, because that's yeah. fascinating. It's a big story. It's it a is. a deep story. It is it? a deep story, that. Very symbolic. Yeah. Uh, but what, what the rest of the Bible is about, really, past Genesis chapter 11, because the first 11 chapters of Genesis is basically the Adam and Eve story yeah. about... Yeah. human beings messing up and yeah. and basically doing terrible things to each other. Yes. But once we get past past that point, we get to Sarah and Abraham. Yeah. And that's the beginning of the rest of the story, which is all about God uh, redeeming us and going to those people at the bottom and lifting them up no matter who they are. So... That's the essence of the Bible is that we rebel and God is infinitely patient so always calls us back to himself yeah. no matter where we go. Uh, my Old Testament uh, lecturer said that if you wanted to sum up the Old Testament in uh, a sentence it would be, nevertheless I love you. Mm. So the, his, the story of the Bible is people running away from God, yeah. uh, but then God seeking them out, pulling them up, and redeeming them. Astonishing. But it's amazing, that's isn't the it? One, yeah. Really amazing, isn't it? And even now, people who are mm. confused about Christianity, they always feel that Christianity is only for the rich, it's only for the people that are prim and proper and go on Sunday mornings to church. But when actually, it doesn't take much to scratch the surface, even within our own parish of Yate, where we've got some seriously vulnerable people within our community that we, every single day, you within your team, within the parish of Yate, actively support. And it isn't about feeding 
Mr. Dyson, is, who lives just up the road from us all in the, in the eight, making sure that he's looked after. It's about looking after the most vulnerable. And those vulnerable people do do grow up to, to be empowered to not only find a job for themselves, but can even grow up and, and grow within the church. Yeah, and that, that's what it's about, really, is the, the characters in the Bible are ordinary people just like us. And in living the, Chris, the Christian life, what we actually do is we become part of uh, the story of the Bible itself. Mm. So, in a sense, um, see, in my last parish, we had a, a Christians Against Poverty Job Club. Okay, yeah. Uh, and what we did there was we took people at the bottom of society, uh, sought them out, looked after them, and through encouragement and support, got them to the place where they could re enter employment. Yes. So what we're doing here is we're putting into practice or embodying the story of uh, Hannah, Sarah, Elizabeth, uh, Peter, Jeremiah. We're making the Bible real yeah. in what we do every day. And, and that's essentially what the, the story of the Bible isn't about something that happened a long time ago. It's actually our story today, yeah. which we retell through our our actions and i think it's really important if you're gonna if you're gonna look to the bible and and look for the story and to give it some context everything you read in that bible is about the overarching story that we've just summarized Mm. and i think it's important and and of course you can't read it from front to back that's not how it works we've we've talked about how it is a library within Mm. a with it within a with a band but i mean it, it it's important i mean and there are there are parts of the Bible that calls us all. I mean, have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the st- what happened to me um, was when when I was a student in uh, in Birmingham, I started saying the daily office, um, okay. which was my greatest mistake from a career point of view. And uh, so one of the, the first reading I read was um, the beginning of Lent. I was just going to do it for Lent. Uh, was the call of Jeremiah. Okay. Right? And the call of Jeremiah is, as we said, uh, God calls Jeremiah and Jeremiah says, no, I can't be a prophet because I'm too young and I'm too stupid and nobody will listen to me. Okay. And around that time, I was thinking in the back of my mind about priesthood and, and being a being a priest and things. But I thought it was a stupid idea because I was too young. Okay. I was too stupid and nobody would listen to me. <laughs> and so I shut the book. And yeah. I thought, I've had enough of this. Leave it. But for a good number of years, that passage from the call of uh, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I anointed you to go uh, and bring good news to to my people. All of that kept on coming back to me all the time. Mm. And when I went for the interviews for the priesthood, they said, you know, why are you here? And I said, I said, well, there's this this bit in the beginning of Jeremiah, I said, and uh, it keeps on speaking to me about calling and, you know, I don't know what to do with it because I think I'm too young and too stupid and nobody will listen. So that's why I shouldn't be a priest. But this passage keeps on coming back. And they went, what passage is that? I said, well, this this bit from Jeremiah. And they all laughed, the people who were interviewing me. Yeah. And I was like, I thought, you, you, what, what's the matter with it? It wasn't even a joke. <laughs> I was like, don't laugh at me. Yeah. I'm you, you know. Yeah. So, I, so I told this story about four or five times you have to go all these different people yes. and all of them laughed right uh, okay and I thought why Why is this funny <laughs> what's the matter with you and um, I remember when I was 
so they they wrote that when you when you're accepted for training for the priesthood they they write this little report and it said in it just like jeremiah we believe god is called uh, uh howell to the priesthood or something yeah. like that yeah and i thought oh right fair enough but when i was ordained a priest yep. um i was sat there like that feeling nervous and uh they said now we'll have the first reading so woman gets up now and, and reads the first reading she says a reading from the prophet jeremiah before i formed you in the womb i knew you blah 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 wow because the thing that called me yeah and i didn't realize until then is the set reading for the ordination of priests which is why they all laugh astonishing <laughs> that is astonishing i was not happy it? with god about that no, I was like, no so i think the told you so moment it was yeah, yeah it was yeah, just yeah. like i've got yeah got your moment <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that's the thing is the story of the bible of finding those unexpected people yeah uh and redeeming them and loving people because they are who they are the children of god in spite of what we do sometimes uh, and redeeming us that is and that's not just the story of the bible that's the story of who we are today. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And don't forget, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. And we'll also find us on Instagram. Oh, yes, Instagram, yes. And on our website, which is yateparish.org. Don't forget, this is an interactive show, so we really value your comments. So put your comments on SoundCloud or any other platform that you're listening to, and we'll get back to you.